Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Hello and welcome to Warlando. This is Adam. And next to me, we have, not next to me, social distancing. We have... <laughs> yes. Nicholas. And, and Matt. Welcome, fellas. Uh, yeah. Good to be on. Yeah. yeah. The uh, coronavirus quarantine, social distancing continues, so none of us are together. We are all in our separate homes. And... and- and I think I think I'm like almost exactly well, I'm a couple of days away from two months mm. or eight weeks at this point. How long have y'all been doing it? <laughs> I heard Jessica chiming in back there. <laughs> no, yeah. God damn it! I told you. Damn it! <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I asked nicely earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, meatloaf. The meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, uh, social distancing for me was March 13th, 14th, mm-hmm. I think. I remember, yeah, it was that like Friday before. Yeah, I think that was a Friday the 13th, wasn't it? The Friday before St. Patrick's Day mm. was when I actually started. I think yeah, that sounds about right because I think our first like online party was like a pseudo St. Patty's thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think Disney closed that Sunday, and that's mm-hmm. when I knew like, oh, this shit is for real. Disney's closing. This this is not a joke. Yeah, that's that's when you know. Like, I, I feel like there's like this level of secret information. That only like the highest level, you know, corporate executives or VIPs get, you know, and then where they just like come in there and they're just like, no, this this hurricane's really gonna be for real this time, <laughs> yes, <laughs> or or whatever, you know what I mean? Or like, no, 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 we really do have zombies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, take your cues from what those folks are doing, not anything else, not the media or <laughs> any of the talking heads or any of that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, you definitely, no one political. If, if anyone political is weighing in, you're just like, how are they benefiting from what they're saying? But then when when you see like major corporations, like how they're reacting and like when they're reacting against their, what appears to be against their own best interest, and you're like, oh shit, this is, if they're willing to drop lose 20 million a day then this is no joke that's right that's right they've done some math that says it would be worse if we didn't lose 20 million. <laughs> we would lose more money by not losing 20 million dollars a day right yes because it's a it's got to be pure calculation right <laughs> oh yeah the the chaos that would ensue if mm-hmm. you know if they were they would become a, they would have become a hub you know, all these theme mm-hmm. parks would have been a hub for spreading the disease. And it just would have been go yep, going right back out to all the places those people came from. Yep. All over the world. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. So that's that's some cheerful stuff. What have you guys yeah, been doing? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, I've been social distance uh, distancing as well, and uh, just working, and finally started hobbying a, f- a couple weeks ago. Just uh, you know, started working on some stuff and painted uh, uh, the Warcry terrain set. That's awesome. And uh, and then uh, you know, uh, you and I got a game in. We did. So we broke. We've allowed. <laughs> Our household has allowed us to uh, to to you know meet up with one other family, and so you guys were kind of doing the same. You guys were yep. social distancing, and so we were like, "Hey, if it's just us hanging, then that should be okay, right?" Yeah. And uh, so we got together and played a couple games, yeah. and so that was fun. I just roll some dice and move some models around, and it was felt like it was weird. It felt like old times, and it's, it's weird it, to it say, felt- and it's just like. Felt like old times, like from two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the old days, the the pre-COVID days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder, like, I don't know, I'm just excited to see, you know, five years from now, what we say. I'm like, oh, way back before COVID, what was life like back then? Things we took for granted. <laughs> yeah, it... It's kind of a weird thing because I kind of don't like the word COVID. I mean, not like anybody really like likes the word COVID, but it's like to talk about, you know, COVID-19. It, it just sounds so like kind of almost like sci-fi a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like COVID-19, you know, like the yeah. way like a movie started, like the year was 2020. <laughs> ravished the earth <laughs> it does feel that way because I've done like little I went to like Lowe's this last weekend because I just had to go I had to get some stuff right there was yeah. probably being done and I had open drywall in the house and I was like I need to close the drywall so there's no way to do that except for go to the hardware store right and like I'm literally walking around going like everybody's like or at least here in Atlanta everybody is you know, following the social etiquette of wearing masks and stuff, but it's, I haven't got used to it visually. Yeah. I know it's a thing. It makes contextual sense, but like walking around and seeing it, it feels like being in a movie or something. Right. It definitely Mm -hmm. feels strange. Very strange. Not used to being that stimulated too a little bit. Right. (laughs) Seeing all that, uh, all that motion (laughs) around, around here. I'm seeing way too many people not, covering you know i had to i had to get chlorine i went and got chlorine for the pool this morning nobody in there was uh wearing a mask mm. i was but none of them were so i just had like thankfully i'm dealing with something that absolutely w- would absolutely would kill it if it came in contact with it uh so yeah just rinse my hands with some chlorine and uh i'm good but yeah. still like going to the grocery store yeah, way too many people not wearing masks and not taking the pro- the proper precautions. I guess that's a fair thing. If you're if you're <laughs> you don't have to wear a mask if you're in the place that has everything that kills organisms. Like, but <laughs> yeah. be a good exception. Like, no, really, nothing can live here. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like a biological disaster in the store. Right? <laughs> yeah, they, they they probably should be wearing masks for a total other reason because mm. they're constantly working with poison. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, Matt, you do any kind of hobby stuff or keeping yourself entertained fun ways? Yeah. 
Yeah, we um, well, we wrapped up our. Um, I was playing with another group. Um, we wrapped up our descent into Avernus campaign last week. Oh, um, yeah. So that was good. We got to play through that adventure, which we started back in Halloween, I think, something like that. Um, oh, nice. Um, there was a game every week. I missed a few of them, um, but we played weekly for a while there before. You know, prior to all this, we were meeting up live and playing and uh yeah it's it's a great adventure tons of fun i kept a wizard alive for a whole adventure which i always (laughs) actually that's not true he did die and then was brought back to life but (laughs) but (laughs) he didn't he made it through the end of the campaign i'll say it that way right (laughs) yeah that's pretty impressive yeah yeah was (laughs) was it uh was it cutthroat was it a cutthroat uh supplement uh yeah, yeah, I think that comes across pretty well. I mean, for a big part of the campaign, you're in hell. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. do I want to make a deal with a demon or do I want to make a deal with a devil? Like, well, <laughs> these are the choices. There's no, like, I'll just pass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go and, with option C. Yeah, there's that. You just die <laughs> in the plains of Avernus, right? <laughs> Ooh, option C is all of the above. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was definitely pretty interesting. We had to, we had to make some, uh, some, some deals there that, uh, we definitely didn't want to, uh, didn't want to have to (laughs) live up to at some point. We kind of, were just like, yeah, we'll tell them that, but we're not really going to do that. Are we? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, without, without any spoilers, that was kind of my impression of it, but a great, great plot, great, good, unique content, you know, tons of cool new characters and surprises and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, I found it. A lot of fun. I painted a Stormcast Eternal. Finished painting one today. When the uh, what's called a Lord Celestant. Mm. That was fun. I wanted to mix it up. Nice. I wanted more options for skirmish games. So, I, you know, just can't just focus on one army. I'm working on ten at a time. Uh, it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 sh- I should focus. I just get bored. <laughs> I get bored pretty easily. You know, I'll do a couple of orcs and then, ah, uh, bored. I'll p- paint something else, paint something for D&D, paint some Stormcast, just keep bouncing around. If, ever, if I could just focus, if I could take all my energy <laughs> and just focus on one in one positive avenue, I think I'd be doing great. Instead, so many projects I've started all around this room behind me. So many started projects that I haven't finished. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I like to think, you know, it's all one project and you're just yeah. making all progress. That's, that's a good attitude. I like that. It's all, it's all part of one collective project. I right. like that a lot. Yeah. It's all just, uh, I want to make a bunch of cool hobby stuff and do things I like. And that's the project. Like, you know, it's, like it's got a lot. I mean, it's, it's your hobby. You want it to last forever, right? That's true. That's true. I, it's, it's something that I want to be in. I want to be participating in it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I guess you could think about, like, you could feel like, oh, things need to get done before you have fun with them. But, um, and obviously it, the game, yes, is, is more enhanced to have painted minis on the table, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I think it's like, I think, you know, what, what I need to remind myself is that like, it's, you know, it's, it's what I love to do. So hopefully I'll be doing it my whole life. I can't, I can't be, I can't have it all done now or else I won't be satisfied. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll just need more at that point. 
Mm. And then at that point, like, you know, it'll just become like a sickness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, like a hoarder. Yeah. Like a gaming hoarder. And I'll just be like just avalanches <laughs> of stuff collapsing on me every time I move. Right. So it might be kind of a blessing in disguise that I that it takes me a while to like paint everything because then that means I, I I try not to buy too much if I don't have it painted yet. You know what I mean? And then I feel that that sort of stride, that goal that I've taken when I do paint it. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, this is like that was cool. I'm, I'm a badass, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It, so, it, it is something something to look back. I remember when I started and the little bits and pieces, buying a little at a time, painting a little at a time and how that like journey goes. So yeah, that's something to be celebrated is watching that journey happen. Yeah. Agreed. I I mean, I don't always remember that, but I need to remind myself that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow, if you, I mean, right now, maybe you're not always motivated to paint, but you always come back to it. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like if tomorrow, if you really said like, man, I painted, I achieved every goal and I painted everything I wanted to paint and then you never paint it again. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> want to be done. Painting. <laughs> I'm done. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> that, maybe, yeah. that might mean it's not the hobby for me. That happens. <laughs> I have that just collector's bug in general. Like I'm not collecting comic books anymore, which I, I used to religiously collect comic books but I, I feel like whatever it is i'm into collecting i want to collect all of it so i can't yeah. have too many of these going at the same time but that's definitely where i'm at right now with warhammer i just like oh new toys are coming out i want to buy the, all the new toys that are coming <laughs> yeah yeah i i totally get that i think like to me i love to read rules like i love reading rule books yeah and i just love seeing the different mechanics that people come up with to, to, to play a game. Right. Yeah. And so to me, that's, that's a lot of fun. And I had to kind of like, like humble bundle is not a very like good. It's not good to, for, 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 you know, keeping that at bay as far as like all the things. Cause humble <laughs> bundle is so easy to just be like, Oh yeah, of course I'll take, you know, 15 of those RPG books you know, I'll take 15 sounds, of those and 15 and 15. And in the next thing you know, I've got like this library of like games that I'll never play. I'll never have enough lifetimes to play these games. They're but, still fun to look through. I mean, I bought oh, so yeah. many like that too, where it's just like, oh yeah, so fun to read through like a, a D&D campaign book and just, or whatever. And just like, yeah, oh, this is so cool. I really want to play this. Maybe at least on some level of your unconscious mind you you've gotten to play a little bit of it yeah you've got something exactly out of it. yeah just let yeah, my imagination play you're like simulating it right you're like ooh, what, what you know how would like uh you know man if i ever played this with adam what would he do here you know what i mean or what would that yeah. character he was about do you know there's always something like that going on you're running those simulations kind of some part of it all the time right yeah. if you're kind of it and dirty. That, that's fantasizing literally right <laughs> yes yeah it's, that's true it's very true oh, man, these guys would love that part you know <laughs> i have this mental level of ways i'm looking at things lately where everything is just drugs because it's all about how it makes you feel mm. you know like i was at a convention a while ago i might have talked about this before on the show but i was at a convention megacon last year where i looked up and i saw this painting of spider-man and i immediately got this like kick of some this weird nostalgic feeling it reminded me specifically of something i saw when i was a little kid and i was just 
filled with a warm, good feeling. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just, that, yeah. it, it's, it's a drug. It's all a drug. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, is this a, a harmless life enhancing drug or is this a, a harmful habit where it's taking all my money <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can just see you standing there. And then, like, cinematically, we just, like, zoom right into your, like, through your eyeball, like, right into your mind. And it's yep. just, like, little Adam. And he's, little... like, playing with his <laughs> Spider-Man costume. And then it, like, yeah. zooms back out and you're, like, crying a little <laughs> yeah, bit. You know? Yeah. But but a happy, happy cry. A happy. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Like, like good memories. But, what, like, all those movie filmmakers and authors and game developers, they're all they're all selling us a feeling mm-hmm. you know and we're and we're going off out after that feeling whether it's the like adrenaline gaming feeling of like wanting that kind of like oh man i hope this die roll goes right that kind yeah. of like you know that competitive feeling all those different those different good feels that's what we're that's what this is all about so <laughs> i think that's yeah. like a, maybe that's an interesting way to think about like stuff you like and you don't like you know is like you know, maybe if you don't like something, it's because they just tried to touch or tried to, you know, evoke the wrong feeling for you or didn't evoke it carefully. Yeah. Right. And then like, you know, you're like, oh, that's dumb. I don't like that. You know, that's not a thing that I'm into. Right. Yeah. Um, but then like something else is doing the exact same thing. Right. But you just don't notice it because it's subtle or persuasive to you. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Some of them, when when they try to do it and it doesn't work, it feels like pandering. Like you're, oh, you're just doing that because so and so also did it, and you're right. trying to like cash in on what they've already done. And I definitely see a lot of that in film. I mean, that's what the whole exploitation film genre is. It's about people knowing that certain things are going to get certain butts in seats, and so they're doing exactly that without any kind of like art or craft or or higher level of achievement in art they're just like yeah putting your doing whatever they could to exploit your weakness and get you into the theater dragging what they what they consider to be their art along behind the bus of you know (laughs) nudity and gore right yes yeah absolutely which this film also has a nice score but there's you know a body count as high as the hills right yep (laughs) which i have like a whole other room that's just dedicated to exploitation films and horror all kinds of horror and b movie and all those other things that i love is it uh behind you over your shoulder i i know it's like a sound it's a like through the doorway it's the sound barrier you put up (laughs) yeah but it, it 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 looks like in minecraft when you build the nether portal you like, oh. which I know my daughter, she's seven. She plays this all the time. And it's like you build this frame and then you like build this portal and it looks exactly like that. So oh, awesome. I'm just going to imagine portal. it's through the portal. <laughs> yep. Well, I say, I say uh, come around back to my nether portal. <laughs> that sounds, sounds a bit dirty to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I have to go wash my nether portal. <laughs> Yeah, you you got to keep it. Yeah, hey, your nether portal, got to keep it clean. So if you're <laughs> if you're listening to the uh, the audio only version of this, I've got a uh, look at this soundproof this one uh, door that doesn't have an actual door that I can close on it. Uh, so I got a clothing rack and I put some uh, foam egg crate foam up and I wrap this 
brown curtain around it, which I didn't really like the brown curtain. And I bought all this fabric that looks a bit like a Star Wars playmat. I was going to make like a big Star Wars playmat, but I didn't end up doing that. Instead, of I hung it over that curtain. So now it's my, <laughs> it's my So pod- it looks like spacey and ethereal kind of. Yeah, it's my podcast nether portal. Yeah, <laughs> great. Basically, it, that's hell is through that portal. Yeah, oh man, yeah, portal to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, well, that, which yeah, is great. Like Minecraft, Minecraft has somehow like packaged hell as like something that everybody has in their household now. Any you know, young <laughs> child has has been in and out of hell multiple times. I know uh, a handful of uh, ultra conservative right wing qu- Christians that uh, if you if you were to say that to them, they're like, "The devil, what? the <laughs> devil is in Minecraft." <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> we can take a break if you want to. No, he's going. He's yeah. I, I don't know what Jess's problem is. She's something is going very wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is where we'll put in a commercial break. All right. Be right back. Do you have a t-shirt collection? I do. Do you need more t-shirts? More than there are days in the year. Get your Orlando t-shirt. Support the show. Support us. We will love you for it forever. Link it in the show notes. Go search them right now. You're not doing anything else. What are you doing right now? Are you doing anything important? No. So go look at the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're back from our first of what I'm sure is many breaks we're going to be doing tonight. Mark <laughs> Mark may or may not be joining us. So we might take another break when he comes on. I don't know. And uh, just, I don't know. <laughs> I've noticed in this quarantine that I'm walking differently. Hmm. Because, because I'm only like, I'm only leaving the house like to walk the dog a little bit. So when I'm walking, yeah. I'm walking with one hand, arm out. I, I'm not like swinging my arms like I normally would mm-hmm. when I'm walking. I'm, I'm sure this is in so many ways. This is bad for my body. <laughs> it's all like staying home thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess I go to work and I sit at a desk and I work at the desk, but I'm not taking in the walking to and from the train station. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking a walk for lunch, you know, maybe walking around the lake, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now it's like, you're at, I'm, I'm probably walking a little bit different just cause I'm walking around my house. I'm not really yeah. walking distances and getting the stride in. It's just a, exactly kind of a lean and a saunter to go here and there. And yeah, just taking a few steps, uh, little turn, a few steps. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, and we have I, this I weird myself. like like dip into our living room. I don't know if you yeah. remember being over and it's like, like recessed floor. Yeah. Just the living room is like this recess. And it's only about, you know, five or six inches. And you know, even that, like you make sure you're not really like stepping in certain areas because you don't want to trip, right? So yeah. That in itself is like the amount of times I'm up and down that little recess than I'm usually am. It's probably, you know, it's like, uh, it's just weird. <laughs> it's My like body a, is probably like, it's like your little stairmaster. 
Yeah. My one stair. <laughs> yeah. It's not stairs master. It's my stair master. <laughs> Do you see those? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you got it. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like now I'm, I hadn't thought about it at all until you said this. And now I'm just going like, cause I, I do like back in normal times, I would walk a fair amount, you know, cause I would take almost always take public transportation to work. Right. So there's a, you know, a fair, there's a little bit of walking there no matter what you do. Right. Probably more than just from a parking lot or something like that. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, Oh, like an escalator would be like a total mind fuck almost like, <laughs> how am I going to do this? You know, it's just going <laughs> to, I got overwhelmed in lows and I'm literally thinking like, Oh my God, I know what he means. Like I'm gonna have to get on a train at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like i don't know man <laughs> and just being around a lot of people and having to interact was so strange i went to the dentist the other day um for my annual cleaning i was surprised they didn't cancel it but what they did do is as soon as i walked in when i go to check in they don't have you touch anything and they have like one of those handheld thermometers they just point at your head oh yeah yeah so they just i don't know like what would the response be i know they like slam a big alarm button if like big flamethrowers drop from the ceiling <laughs> we gotta start a business we gotta just be put we gotta have to put in like covid cages like in your office <laughs> and like the secretary just has like a, it's like a, a hidden button or something like that. <laughs> just go. Well, they did have me, they, they took my temperature. They wrote my temperature on a piece of paper. They handed that back to me and said, when the dental hygienist calls you hand this to her. And so as to like mm. prove that I had my temperature taken before I would be allowed to go back to the, to the mm. area to the like the oh. actual office space like it was like my ticket at that point to like prove that i had my temperature taken and that i don't have a fever completely foolproof system i mean that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> like you definitely aren't infected <laughs> well it's i i think it's it's so easy it's pretty good Why we all do it it's they i i think it's at least something at least they're protecting themselves a little bit. And they did, I think they did ask, do you have any symptoms? Are you, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. So they're doing, they're trying. Right. Right. Making the effort is the biggest thing. They're conscious of it. And like, whatever the mechanism is, even though I'm making fun of it right now, (laughs) (laughs) it is like, the trick is not to like get hard scientific proof that you are or are not, you know, contagious or infected. It's to like make people think about it. Yeah, right. That's the actual thing. Yeah, are you an honest? You know, are you honestly here? You know, you're not. Yes, yeah. Make people think about it. Make people aware. Yeah, yeah. You're right. But (laughs) yeah, just being around, you know, three people in the same room, (laughs) you know, was was a a change. Yeah, Uh, welcome change, but still like just weird, weird feeling. you know, it's definitely going to be an adjustment as we slowly start to reopen society. So that uh, maybe this is a good time to transition into our actual subject for the evening, which is to talk about role-playing games. And uh, we're mostly a Asia Sigmar podcast, and we're occasionally a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. 
Soulbound, the Age of Sigmar role-playing game, just dropped mm-hmm. last week. The yeah. uh, digital PDF is available for purchase and download. You can get that on DriveThruRPG, which I did. And uh, when you purchase, you can purchase the digital by itself, or you can buy the book and get the digital for free. So that's what I did. So the book is not supposed to ship until like September or October, but okay. the uh, the you can get the PDF right now, and they haven't put out any of the um, Matt. I'm I'm not gaming supplement. What's the other name for when D and D puts out a an adventure booklet? Is there another name for that? Uh, module. Module. Yeah. So there's yeah. actual like gaming modules that are not available for download yet. Uh, not a lot of content for Dungeon Masters yet, what I noticed right. in this book. You have to make up your own adventures, which does sound like a lot of fun to me. I, I think uh, that sounds like fun. So if you guys want to play this game, uh, I think... Do it. Yeah, yeah, okay, awesome, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to dig right into it. I, I've been waiting for this for a couple years, and I'm in, uh, so I'm excited to finally see it really happening. Yeah. Uh, and I'm totally just do, let's just let's just wing it, man. Let's just do it. Just play. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about how the game mechanic works, because it's different than any other games that I've played. But it's kind of similar to what Star Wars is in that all challenges in the game, whether you're trying to hit someone with the weapon or you're trying to uh, climb a, a mountain, whatever it is, it all these you have to take a some kind of skill test and a skill test has a difficulty and a complexity. So you'll Mm -hmm. get a difficulty number and a complexity number, and you're going to have whatever the skill is. Or if you're, say you're just trying to hit an orc with a sword or orc with a sword, Mm -hmm. you'll have this difficulty number is a number on everything's based on six sided dice. So you'll have the difficulty number is the number you need to roll on a die. And the complexity number is the number of times you have to roll that number. So you'll have something that's a difficulty four, complexity one, means of all the dice you roll, you need to get at least one four or better. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So kind of like... And your stat will say, like, when you do this test, you roll five dice or three dice or whatever. Exactly. Okay. So what? there are three um, main stats, like... Dungeons and Dragons has strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Those are your six main stats. Age of Sigmar Soulbound has three stats. Body, Mm. mind, and soul. Those are just the three different categories. Everything else is over in your skills, which reminds me of the Star Wars role-playing game. Mm. Because I think there's only four stats for that one. And then everything else is in your skills. Uh, no, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there brawn, six. agility, okay. intellect, cunning, willpower, and presence. Yeah. yeah. So six, like D&D, instead of this one, it's only got the three. Which yeah. They called body, mind, and soul, which I thought, like, why didn't they make it mind, body, and soul? That's like how you normally <laughs> say it in the common, you know. <laughs> right. It's like... Common way, ah, feels like a missed opportunity. Or maybe they did that on purpose. They were like, uh, but then why not change it? It's alphabetical, body, mind, soul. Oh. mm, There's that. Or, I mean, they're a uh, European-British company, right? Yeah, they are. 
I wonder if it's a cultural thing. Like if they say it differently over there. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder if they do say it differently because it's got to be in a some song that sounds like you've got me mind, body, and soul. Nope, mm-hmm. body, mind, soul. I don't know. <laughs> it, I'm thinking of um, um, Inglorious Bastards in the uh, the scene in the uh, when they're in the bar and they're they're trying to con their way past like the, <laughs> the German <laughs> officer. He does the German three with <laughs> the thumb out. Three, yeah, right. Which is yeah. the thumb and the two fingers as opposed to the American three, which is like you know your middle three fingers. Yes, right. Yeah. And that's the only way that they give it away. So <laughs> that's it. So if you say mind, body, and soul, they're like, oh. You're an American. You gave it away. That's right. Stupid Americans. Or it's like all together now, mind, body, and everything, and their body, mind, and then it's just just a yeah, it's a big mess. Mismatch. These these people. We got called out on one of our uh, battle reports because we were calling this one character. Mm -hmm. His name spelled G O T R E K, right? And we were calling him. Gotrick, but apparently over there they say Gotrick. Mm. Which they're probably like, oh, bloody Americans <laughs> <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, they did. Like, oh, you guys are saying it all wrong. Like, yeah, we got comments like that. Gotrick. Uh, I, I like the game workshop has like the equivalent of like Tolkien scholars now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need like the two dots over the O to indicate the proper lineage or some shit. You know what I mean? Gotrick. <laughs> yeah, man. I like Gotrick better, but yeah, uh, it just sounds good to me. Gotrick. 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 Yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, Gotrick has an A in it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, Goat Rick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about Tolkien and all the world building that Tolkien did, the new Age of Sigmar book has a lot of uh, detail they've put into uh, world building, and which is such a huge change because one of the things we've talked about on this podcast before is that where are we? Where Where is, talking about Age of Sigmar, where is this game taking place? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, they didn't, there just wasn't a lot. No. And over these years, they've they've really built out this world, and now it is starting to look like a rich, deep, interesting universe to play in. Uh, I thought you were going to say rich, deep, velvet curtain. That's <laughs> <laughs> my rich, deep, velvet curtain. Because your it's portal my, looks like a velvet curtain. <laughs> yep, my netherworld velvet curtain. Yep. <laughs> yeah because when they originally talked about the realms it was almost like you know and like what you said matt like they they were trying to be too clever you know and they were trying to be real poetic mm. and it was just like talking about like silver rivers water falling into time and space and you know like all this stuff and you're like what the hell are we doing <laughs> like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and it's like and, and then the pictures you know they would give were like you know um yeah they were just like these you know uh, uh art, artistic pieces that weren't like maps they were just this artist's rendition of the realm you know and and it looked like some yeah i don't know impressionistic art or something like yeah. that and it was like wait, wait, where is this going mm-hmm. how is this possible um, and there wasn't, we didn't get a lot for 
why are these two ar- the entire game is armies battling I'm talking about age of sigmar why why are they battling what are they going to war for you know what yeah why is this in their interest to go to the do do battle you know right. it's not like we didn't know about where they lived where they came from you know what are yeah. their motivations for war what are they protecting what are they conquering and it's interesting because i you didn't really get a sense of that until they came out with that malign portents um campaign series yeah and it was this series that this campaign series that took place in the realm of death and it was talking about how the chaos had been attacking in one way and then the you know stormcast were coming were coming through to avenge those that were you know like to avenge you know shaish and all this kind of stuff and and then they started telling the stories from the perspective of the people and all of a sudden it felt like Oh, I can understand. They're talking about these people that are like they 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 quarantined themselves into their home, right? And then like all these like warriors are going by and death and all this stuff is happening around them and what they were hearing and what they were seeing and smelling and then, you know, and all of a sudden it became like personable in a way mm-hmm. it's like not that i've lived, lived through anything like that but it's like all of a sudden you're like okay i can understand what this is like everything else was just written like a history book you know it, well, a history or like a humanities class on greek mythology right you don't have any yeah, clue exactly. like, yeah you know it, it's so interesting that like that's what that's what people connect to so much more easily and like it's it's very i think even like the masters can like lose track of that because like the, the what I thought of when you were talking about that was so uh, George Martin wrote all the Game of Thrones books right and there's the main series and those those are all a very specific style that's mm-hmm. you know first person perspective right like every chapter is from the perspective of a character this chapter is about Jon Snow and this one's about Daenerys but it's always what they see right mm-hmm. yeah right and then w- the first thing that he did in that universe that was outside the books was a history book kind of like what you said which was like written as if a scholar was like or you know one of the maesters was telling the story of something yeah. that happens and he put it out and it had like all this juicy content and stuff from the world that people wanted to know but like it, it kind of just wasn't that well received by the fandom yeah. so then but then he pivoted and then the next thing he put out that was outside the main series was um fire and blood which was back to the other style, but still mm-hmm. telling a history like outside the main plot that like fills in lots of details. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, and then people went apeshit for it. Right. Cause yeah. immediately you connect to it like all of a sudden. Right. Um, so it's, 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 and you're talking about George Martin, like at some point, like made the, you know, maybe he really wanted to do that, but you could say like in terms of selling more books or getting more people engaged, like he, maybe he made a bad decision there. Right. And that's yeah. that guy know what he's doing (laughs) yeah (laughs) right and that's kind of his reputation as like genius writer but uh just being connected to what people want right yeah 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 Yeah. and that's the thing with this is like man like these guys these guys know how to write it like make a game they know how to create this world just wasn't just wasn't gelling but then then they got the malign portents and then they got their uh first big core book that had started to get more and more history of what the realms are and they've been like yeah. over these past two years they've really built out uh 
a rich and interesting world in which to play these games. And I think the role-playing game is landing at the perfect time. Uh, they, they, I think they timed it well because there's definitely a lot of really fun stuff, inspiring stuff to like put a game together, a role-playing yeah. game together. That's neat. Yeah. And it's a D6 system is what you were... All is D6. What you said, I didn't see anywhere else in the book that brought up any die other than a D6. But it's just going to be at, at times you're going to have, you know, you're going to be rolling 20 dice, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's very Warhammer, too. That's, that's very Warhammer. Yeah. Say, what's, the, what's the problem? That sounds low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's l- little tweaks here and there where you can do things that'll give you extra dice in your dice pool and little things where you'll, if you'll, you'll take skills... Uh, say you're, you you want to be the best swordsman possible, so you add you spend your experience points, kind of like in Star Wars, you spend your experience points to give yourself better uh, talents. So what you spend on these talents, or what I, I'm forgetting the language, what you spend in this other area, you can use to change the results of one of your dice. You can add one to it, to, and mm. then the damage depends on how many successes you had as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So instead of like I roll to hit and then I, I roll to see how much damage I do in like a Dungeons and Dragons, yep. you know, this one's just you, you do this amount of damage and then any extra successes will also cause extra damage. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's very Star Wars like too. Yeah. Very similar to that one. So mm-hmm. it's because um, everything comes down to just I have my modifier and my die roll um yeah what do you guys think about these different games that we've played how do you compare star wars like how do you describe how star wars plays well star wars has the symbols and if you break it down numerically it does have a sort of level of you have to roll above this um number to get you know a success or two successes or a success and an advantage or whatever it is. But when, uh, cause I was talking about this with my friend the other day, like um, the symbols on the dice are interesting because you aren't plusing or minusing. There's no, there's not, there's not a modifier like what you're talking about. Yeah. Like roll, roll a D six and it, a four up wins. Okay. Well then an, 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 an ability could give me, and, you know, plus one means I could get closer to that success, right? Whereas in Star Wars or games with um, pictures, not numbers, you aren't adding modifiers like that. You're right. you're either adding a reroll or you're adding an extra dice to the pool mm-hmm. or you're possibly adding you know, a certain number or saying this number and that number work instead of just that one number. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, anyway, so that that's an interesting thing to me because that's a big difference to me in some of these games is like, if it's the number system, your modifiers are based on adding or subtracting. Whereas the, 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 the picture dice isn't doing that. Your, your, your skills, your added benefits are, are different. Like in Star Wars, you can add the boost die, which is a six-sided dice. Yeah. So you're adding a different kind of dice to modify the roll that you just did, which was a D12 or a D8 or both. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, I actually, yeah, anyway. 
it's in, yeah. it's an interesting mechanic because you, yeah. you they could have done it with numbered dice and just said odds or evens or something well, like that. You know what I mean? I, I think that I mean I don't know. Maybe I'm reading it too much into it. Definitely would be better. <laughs> right. I, I think that's actually fairly intentional from what I can yeah. tell. Like they're they're pretty transparent about that they want that that game and that mechanic and that system to to be cinematic. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's the whole thing. And so they're I mean it's literally like stop doing math and think about a picture. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. Go, oh, what's fifteen and ten D eights and uh, plus this model? No, 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 no. Just stop. Like just do quick add them up. There's five of them, you're done. That's all your math. Right, yeah. And right. then yeah. it's got the other side, that cinematic side. It's like, okay, th- this is whether I did it or not. And then this cinematic side is like what happens now. So that's the advantage allows, you're talking about. Yeah. And it allows the player to pour over what options they have available to them with those advantages and to kind of tell their own story. So, yeah. And I find it, you know, we played, I mean, it's pretty – it's pretty well contrasted. We just finished Curse of Strahd, which is all D and D. Went right into Jewel of Yavin, Star Wars, right? And yeah. I, it, I don't have a perfect thing because I was running one game and playing the other, but I, I find myself visualizing the Star Wars game a lot easier, or or I feel like it's more accessible that way. Whereas, you know, I felt like in the D&D game, I needed to constantly explain the environment. And even though we're doing all of these theater of the mind, there's no maps, there's no real visual aids, right? Mm. A couple pictures, but not anything like it, it feels pretty easy. I don't have to, I don't have to try too hard to imagine myself, you know, in this race that we were in. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so okay. I don't know, maybe that's just my perspective, but yeah, it's definitely different being on the DM side. And maybe this is a the curse. Uh, by no means do I classify myself as a DM. You absolutely GM. are, though. Yeah, I, I am. Total if you do new. it, you are. You know what All I mean? Right. Well, there is I'm no sure. standard, man. <laughs> Just however yeah. you do it, it's your game, buddy. Yep. Yeah, and but I, I, I can see from this position that I'm constantly worried about how the pacing is going and how engaged everybody is. Because there's a lot to get through sometimes. And um, early on when I was doing it, I was very like, ah, I need to prepare better. I need to prepare better. You know what I mean? And it was like, I, I can't be flipping through the book constantly and, and downtimes. You know what I mean? So now I'm like trying to be totally prepared. And, I, and we're doing and I feel like we're, I'm, I'm doing it. But I feel like it's still not like. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, I'm like, that's how it should be, right? It should be like, okay, all right, Matt, roll it, go. Oh, I didn't do it. Okay, now back over here to Kel. Last night's game, we we just played last night, and last night's game was great. Your pacing was just on point. I I don't feel like we didn't go through long periods of time where no one was involved. You know what I mean? Everybody had something to do. and, and and was directly involved in the outcome, whether positive or negative. But, yeah. You know, we were, and I thought you did a fantastic job last night. The pacing yeah. was just great. Sweet. Yeah. Last night was a ton of fun. Like everything, everything synced up really well and everybody kind of mentioned it at the end. But uh, I mean, I've, I've definitely played, you know, games where it's just like a little bit of a slower pace, a little more leisurely, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I think, 
you haven't experienced it yet, but Adam, you've played like in an environment at Dragon Con where it's like, yeah, no, really, we're going right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Even in like the Adventurers League, where it's like there's a four hour time slot and we have to get to the end. Yeah. You know, that, to me, I'm just like, into the story, we're just moving on in, in an hour. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we, so that, that's, a, that's, that's like a super fast paced, yeah. like breakneck version of it. And we're, I feel like we're in a very comfortable place for this group right now, you know? Yeah, because I, I was going to say, like, what do you guys think about that? What, how do you feel about that pacing? That was you great. Know, not not mine particularly, but like pacing in general. Like, how do you guys do? You like that sort of adventure league style? Like, got to get through it in four hours. You know what I mean? Or or do you like that we take time to explore and to delve and plan? You know what I mean? I think it depends on what we're doing. I think if mm-hmm. we if we go too slow, we'll we could get distracted. We could, you know, lose the plot. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, but mm. if we go too fast, then maybe uh, we miss opportunities and we end up getting punished for mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're somewhere in the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like, if you feel like it's going too far in one direction, then we probably are. Then, yeah. You know, bounce it back the other way. And it's, it's tough to um, not being able to do it all in the same room. Because just looking mm. at the screen, you can't really tell what what's actually that same level of sense of what everybody else's involvement is. Do you know what I mean? How yeah. how closely people are paying attention, and, or if they're not paying attention, but having to be actually here with the headphones on and have to be in the same room, and even though we're not in the same room, we're we're all in the same conversation. You can't wander away either. It's all about yeah. hitting that that middle ground. You don't have to hit it dead center every time but if it's like hovering around the center that's that's the right place yeah yeah i i feel like for me it's two things as with my dungeon master hat on i i feel like it the game is probably always going like a a gear or two slower than i think it is you know like from my perspective like if, if i think i'm going like really quick like in there's if there's six players at the table, then it's going at one sixth speed for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like one third speed if they're super engaged in what somebody else is doing, right? But it's never going as fast as I think it's going. Period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's so for me, I'm constantly. That's why I have to remind myself to like you know push the pace, especially like in combat and stuff like that. Like, um, come on, I need your action. You know, um, hey, we can come back to you. It's okay if you're not ready. You know. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. But then, you know, I, I definitely like the, just, even if it, even if we get, get nothing out of it as a player, like if I just have like a random idea about like, how could we make this more interesting, even if it made that it's not written or there's not something that's specifically pointed us in that direction of like, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And just explore that for a second, and then say, "Ah, that's a dumb idea." And then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> track, you know what I mean? Because sometimes that stuff turns out to be really fun, right? So, having a little bit of wiggle room in there to like not always yeah. be um, you know, trying to keep a pace is is a this Star Wars one for sure. Like, <laughs> it's an open city; it's this giant metropolis, and you, mm-hmm. they're like in the book, they're like, "All right." Like they obviously give me a lot of stuff and a lot of the story and a lot of things, but it's really open too. Cause they're like, okay, guys go plan to do it, you know? And then it's really like how much, you know? So I'm like, wait, when are you guys going to be doing what they think you're going to be doing? And when are you going to do what you think you're going to be doing? 
And when do I have to start like laying the tiles as you're running? You know what I mean? Like you guys are moving, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> you get to like you get so much freedom to just kind of make stuff up. But once you've made it up, you have to keep it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you wing it, like okay, I just wung that one, like. You're gonna to have to remember what was that guy's name and you yeah, know. what did I do? Yeah, what did, I do? what did his voice sound like? That's always my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. That one is, and I usually have like two ways I go, like two voices I default to, and so it's like either they come out sounding like they're from New Jersey or uh, or, or or they're Russian. I don't know why. <laughs> or they're a hut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you keep doing this one voice that uh, reminds me of Watto from okay. episode one. But yeah. Watto uh, already kind of sounds like a Hasidic Jew. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, so, uh, kind of New Jersey it's... Russian sound all mixed up into one. Yeah. Everything's just one big like mafia pot you know what i mean just mix all the stereotypes in and just mix them up for me and (laughs) (laughs) what are we gonna get this time what's role-playing about if not about exploring stereotypes exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're they're tropes all right tropes yeah Yeah. archetypes Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i don't know why i think stereotype just has that negative connotation to it maybe um it does, it but, happen, but I think it's just language-wise, maybe it does. Not and and not talking about any kind of like racism or bigotry, but talking about like the, we have certain shorthands, we have certain ways we talk that like that help. We have because we're generating this world purely in our minds, but it's a shared world, and we all have to be able to understand what the other person's talking about. So if there is some kind of shorthand from film and television that that's going to get you there to that shared experience, then you use what you got, whatever you got in your yeah. toolbox. Yep. And how many times in the movies are they German in the movie and they have an English accent? <laughs> yeah. <Like> constantly. <laughs> constantly. It's well, like to Americans, it's like, oh, if it's an English accent, it's anywhere in Europe. To <laughs> <laughs> use a shorthand from pop culture, did you guys watch Chernobyl? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and th- that was an interesting thing they did there, right? Because obviously this is set in Russia, right? Yeah. Like no, nobody has Russian accents. They just have the actors just use their natural accent, right? Yeah. Some of them sound English. Some of them might sound, you know, Irish or American or whatever. And they did that on purpose because they were like, we didn't want everybody looking at like bad Russian stereotypes. We just wanted to tell the story and like not get caught up in that. Right. Yeah. But you don't, yeah. I, I didn't even think about it consciously until they pointed it out. Right. Um, so I don't know. Just an interesting. And they still had, there was classism in there that as you like the, the scientists and the politicians all, all had like a very proper English accent. Well, if you got down to the coal miners and the, the firemen that they all had these like more kind of cockney street slang way that they spoke. I mean, they're still acting, I think, right. They're trying to evoke character. Um, but without, you know, doing a bad Russian accent, that's all. Yeah. 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 Leave those to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
you could have made it on. You could have made it as a star. You could have been on. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the Star Wars RPG for me, I, I like the, like you mentioned, Matt, I like the cinematic portions to it. Um, it's not so much an emphasis on fighting. Like there is an emphasis on fighting. There is fighting, but it's not solely fighting. They definitely are trying to add other weights into the game for you to, to not have to be a fighter, you know, and still be engaged and still be tested and, and, and things like that. Um, but man, I feel like they have this little, it's like a very fine, like edge you can go from like nope can't hurt me to all of a sudden like oh shit i'm about to die Mm. yeah like yeah seriously and i i I think it has to do with this like so everybody every character has soak right so you have this level of armor and if you and if you've got like four three soak or four soak right it's absorbing the damage but once you get to a point where it's just through that soak, it's like, oh man, it you're gonna, you better watch out because yeah, there isn't I, a whole lot of health. There isn't. It's not like you're fighting guys that are like seventy five HP or ninety five HP. It's like, no, <laughs> it's, it's that makes it very distinctly Star Wars too, right? Yeah, you only you can only take so many blaster hits. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah, there's daggers and swords and like warhammers, and then there's like a Gatling gun. There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more damage, right? Yeah. <laughs> like last night, you know, Mark's character Tully was like kept missing with that scatter gun, mm-hmm. but man, when he lands that shot, it's just like, the guy is done. So, so. uh Back to Age of Sigmar, the Soulbound game, uh, mm. that uh, trope in all role-playing games of like your your characters meet in a tavern. Mm. Do you know that trope? They they actually talk about that in the book and saying if you, that's how you want to do it, you can do it that way. But the title of the game is Soulbound, and what the soul binding is something that you offer yourself up to a deity or or powers that be and saying I want to fight for a cause. And then you get soul bound to the rest of your group. And you may or may not have chosen the group or the group might have been chosen for you. But once that soul bond is in, you're tied to everyone else in your bonding. As long as you're alive, you're bound to them. I think that's a really fun jumping off point for a game. Like you, on your own, you think about, okay, here's my character and here's why they went to get the soul bond. And someone else could be like, yeah, I just, I don't, I want, I just want friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I signed up for a soul bond, you know, and like, and maybe, maybe like I signed up for the soul bond because I want to fight this one particular enemy and end this scourge, but maybe everybody else in the group is like, no, we're, we signed up for it to like feed the poor and now you're bound to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is kind of interesting. And, and that, I guess that's how you can kind of mix some of these like really yeah divergent just, cultures and races. Yeah. Like some dark oath warrior and some you know like i don't know fire slayer yeah they're like the fire slayer dwarves they have the the uh sylvaneth or the tree people 
mm-hmm. how they come in and they're they're supposed to be like not really trusting of other humans and there's the the deep kin there's all these different everything that's in the order grand alliance for the most part there's something from every army in the order grand alliance that you can play as but once you have that soul bond it gives you this currency that you can use to help yourself in the game if you want to re-roll or something like that like the actual game mechanic is Mm -hmm. i want to use some of these soul bond points i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head bear with me people i just started reading this book Uh, (laughs) but uh you can say, I, I want to spend some of our pool of soul bond points to let me get a reroll. And mm. then you have to determine as a group whether or not that's okay for that person to use it for that particular reroll. And if the group says, no, you can still do it, mm-hmm. but then you get these like doom points. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to mean like bad things are starting to happen in the rest of the world because you're upsetting the the like magic balance that exists out there. And plus now you're just pissing off the rest of your group <laughs> on top well, of everything else. You're giving ammo to the game master, right? <laughs> yes. You're giving ammo to the game master and maybe the rest of the group starts to think like, maybe we'd be better off without that character. You know, like in game, they might be thinking, Oh, he's, he's damaging our soul bond. We need to find a way to break the bond with this one person. And the one way to break the bond is, killing them so that could get pretty ugly pretty quickly if you're getting greedy and wanting to spend all those uh those re-rolls on yourself yeah i think it's i think it's important i mean given that the game is warhammer and presumably all these you know races would fight each other at any moment yeah. that's why you have battles right like they're yeah like there's there's not any two armies that would just wouldn't fight right? yeah right. yeah absolutely makes sense so like they need they need a story element there to really bring it all together it seems like you know yeah and this you're kind of spiritually shackled to one another through this soul bond but there are Mm. benefits too you're you're harder to kill and that's what the reroll points come in like you because you're in this soul bond you have this benefit to you uh but it could be a a burden to your companions if you're not really great at whatever it is you're doing (laughs) <laughs> it's a fun I, I think it's a really fun story element and i really yeah. like that it's in there we we know from experience because i mean it's basically what we did at dragon con right oh yeah that's true that's very true we had a, a tiefling or not a tiefling but we had a warlock and a paladin that were handcuffed together right which these are not two things that would generally speaking get along right yeah. or have the same goals but um yeah and it was it was freaking awesome yeah right? i'll have to be like yeah the the person you don't want to be around is literally handcuffed to you and you're trapped in this wilderness handcuffed to this other person and it's yeah. a fun idea and that that could be the jumping off point for this like maybe you chose to be soul bound maybe you didn't choose to be soul bound there's a um, one series of books that i really love the wheel of time series and they have these people that are basically these knights that guard these uh sorceresses and uh, they have a bonding that they can do too. And the bonding grants you um, strength and endurance for the knight, but they're bound to the sorceress. They have this like need to protect them, and they're constantly aware of their like where they are and how they're doing. It's like become part of their mind. And there's a few times in there where someone's about to die, and they're like, well, the only way I know how to save them is to do this bond. 
And so now you're like completely bound to this stranger. I think that would be a really fun way to do play an Age of Sigmar Soulbound, where these people are they they don't they don't have a choice. They're just like, oh, well, I'm 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 bound to the rest of this group, and now we have to figure out how we make our way through the world. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm into that. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential, and just like the the creatures are all pretty weird, but there's some powerful stuff that you get right in the beginning. Like just the fact that some of these people can fly talking Hmm. like in like a role-playing game, being able to fly in like Dungeons and Dragons. That's huge. If you can fly. Yeah. So starting out the game, being able to fly is already, you're like a superhero, Mm -hmm. you know, you're above and beyond the rest of, you know, role-playing games in general. Although the interesting thing I've learned there is like, it's only really as huge of an advantage do you think it is. Like if everybody in the party can fly. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> otherwise there's still like that one, the old fighter who <laughs> can't quite <laughs> can't quite find a way to get some magic winged boots or something, right? Nope. Yeah. Well, it's like stealth, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what we noticed was you can all sneak only as much as the loudest person can sneak. Because the second Gundrick goes clamoring through, it's all done. Very true. It's hard to imagine building a character and not at least being conscious of the need for stealth sometimes. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you gotta look, when you're checking off those skills, and all these games have those moments where you get to choose some of the skills. Stealth and... uh, initiative self initiative and perception those are the ones that i'm like if i don't put points in at least two of those three i'm i'm hurting the party you know what i mean <laughs> yep yeah I, I do know what you mean having just played like, you had none so of that. mark my, too bad mark's not here because he's always <laughs> going last and uh-huh. he's always the the noisiest <laughs> <laughs> all with the worst roles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor poor the dwarven cleric Gundrick. Not sneaky. Not well, fast. Well, but yeah. y'all love those heels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, his perception was probably pretty good. Yeah. So at least he wasn't yeah. surprised very often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've got it they've got it figured out, I think, pretty well in this edition that like look, you know. We're gonna give you lots of access to magic, right? Yeah. You're not you're also not gonna have like some of the other super important things, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you, there's just there's a very few. Anytime you try to go back toward like dexterity is probably the most important stat, right? Because it touches so much stuff. Yeah. But as soon as you de- do that, there's you're probably limiting yourself in terms of magic or something else, right? You, you know, can't really have a a dump stat. You know what I mean? Like fifth edition D and felt like I, I didn't have a dump set. Uh, maybe I could get away without intelligence. If as a fighter, I could probably make intelligence to dump stat, but still like every once in a while you, you individually are called upon to make some kind of knowledge check. You can't make wisdom, your dump stat because that's where perception comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that's where, all your resistance to any kind of like sleep or charm or everything, that's all coming out of wisdom. Yeah. I mean, almost every spell somebody casts at you is a wisdom save, right? Yeah. 
know. Um, or decks, like you were saying. Right, right, exactly. There's not that many strength saves or charisma saves or yeah. intelligence, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's such a well-balanced game and a well-balanced system. Yeah, they did a good job with this edition. No, com- no complaints so far. I mean, I'm sure if yeah. you try it hard enough, you can break it. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. you do have to try. It's not just going to happen, right? Right. So when you when you think of you know uh, playing like like DMing uh, a campaign or building your own campaign, how much do you guys try to fill out all of this all of like the ability for people to use all of the stats? You know, does that question make sense? Like, because I feel like it's obviously perception is so easy because it's you, you, you immediately step into a room. What are you going to see, hear and smell like those senses? You can't ignore those. Those are always going to be the foremost used stats, right? Like, what do I see? What do I hear? You know, what do I smell? But then I I feel like there's then these like corner stats that kind of get like your skills that are kind of like in the corner that you don't typically use very often. Do you guys try to dip into there and use those or just let it naturally be They're rarely used skills? But I think for me it would be um, that the expression, give everyone a chance to shine. Mm. Like if someone's got a really good stat and they don't ever get to use that, then that mm-hmm. that's a shame. Then they feel bad about their character choices. You know, you got to give everybody a chance to play to their strength. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's kind of fun that if someone did create a dump stat or min max a character to put them in a position where they have to like, Oh you no, know, you're the one right. that's on the spot. You know, let's see this die roll because this die roll is important. All right, Gundrick, let's see that stealth roll. You <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, um, I don't think I necessarily would world build with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's that's more about like just an interesting order of events and a setup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I mean the one the one thing I think of when you ask that is like, all right, let's just use the Streetwise for example, and it's in both uh, you know Street Smarts is in Star Wars, but Streetwise was in Dungeons and Dragons Fourth Edition, yeah. right? Um, and so, like, if you're for example, if you're in a dungeon, you know, doing a traditional dungeon crawl, like street-wise, probably isn't going to come up very often, right? <laughs> like it, just, it just isn't there, you know what I yeah. mean? Now, if you're doing a, you know, a sandbox city campaign like we are right now, it comes up all the time, mm. right? Um, so, so I, th- I mean, I think about it that way, but really, like Adam said, that becomes more just, if somebody really wants to have like this, streetwise snappy <laughs> you know um italian guy right <laughs> you know then like uh you know but let's build some encounters that fit into the narrative that let him be successful there right or mm-hmm. like you know have a have the spotlight designed to be here um so that they can they can kind of let that character come to life yeah yeah now, when we did the, any of the uh adventures league stuff at dragon con afterwards they handed out review cards for the dungeon masters that you're supposed to as players you fill out these cards about your dungeon master and did they give everybody a chance to shine did they give everybody at the table a chance to participate in the game Mm -hmm. Uh, that so that's a big feedback thing that they want that does everybody get a chance to jump in and play you know to, to be a part of it 
and shine. Yeah, you know, not just. And I, I would imagine that would be harder to do with people you don't know than people that you've been playing with for years. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's not that hard for me to naturally let you guys do that in the Star Wars campaign. It's well, I I will say like it's been easy to do that to let each one of you kind of do the thing that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, I have to be a little intentional about it, but it doesn't seem hard sometimes because I know you guys and I know what you want to do. But if it was like a bunch of people that I didn't know, it'd be like, yeah, I could find it a little bit more difficult. Maybe they did it good. I mean, one of the nice benefits of, you know, when you play at Dragon Con, the last few years when I've played, I've almost always played in campaigns where there were pre-generated characters. Mm-hmm. You sit okay. down character and they know what the character is going to be ahead of time. I think it's a lot harder if you're, if you don't know people and they come in with like a, here's this, here's this character I invented last week and he has this complicated backstory <laughs> that I have to try to, you know, give you the cliffs notes in 20 minutes before we play, you know, right. like almost impossible, right? That's, or, or you know, you've got to be very, very talented to pull that off. Um, Whereas if you've read this adventure and you know where the cues are and where the bits of the backstory that touch the plot are, then you can sort of lob up softballs for people to smash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think in our, in our case, like, I mean, we're, we, it's a, it's a fully mature campaign in star Wars now, you know? So like we all are very comfortable with our own characters, mm-hmm. right? you know, at the beginning too, there was still a little bit of trying to find our footing. Like what, well, you know, how does the system work? And like, who's this character that I want to play? Cause you know, every time I come up with some stats on something, it doesn't mean I know who this this person is mm. you know, almost needs to be in a few situations before I'm like, yeah, this is probably what they would do based on what I came up with. Um, you now that's, that's really a lot closer to how I'm playing these days more often, you know, more characters with less front end effort and just kind of trying to let them grow organically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I was thinking about other games, Matt, um, shadow run, Mm. we were talking about briefly that's a game universe that just oh i wanted to to sample <laughs> that one since i was a little kid i wanted to play a game of shadow run yeah and and i've only just dipped my toe in it a little bit um so i mean i guess maybe first of all if anybody knows of good uh, i haven't tried to find them too hard but if you know of a good shadow run podcast where somebody's like run a campaign or an encounter or something like that, that we could put on the, put it in the show notes. Cause I'd love to <laughs> check it out, you know, um, yeah. and here, here's somebody actually run this stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a cyberpunk, like near future universe. Yeah. Um, so it's like the current setting is like the year 2080, you know, so it's not even a century in the future, but there's also like full on magic in the world. Right. And full on different, you know, magical, trope races, elves and orcs and trolls and dwarves and things like that. Um, but it's also cyberpunk. So there's lots of different kind of elements all sort of mashed up into this really interesting world where they're just kind of, they're just throwing uh, a, a series of events out there. And the gist of it is there's like 10 mega corporations who basically control everything. And those are like the real nations of the world now. They're not, it's not so much, you know, feudalism. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, Apple, Google, Disney, and Sony, um, run the world. There's no America. 
There's no mm. Russia. There's no, you know, that those nations exist, but like their power has completely been either just given away or stripped away slowly by all these corporations. So you're these sort of edge and fringe of society, you know, punks who take on whatever mission just to survive sort of outside of that structure. Which, yeah. So <laughs> awesome. And, uh, reading about in the past, I used to get dragon magazine and read the articles about Shadowrun. There was a lot of, uh, Eastern influence. So to have, samurai and ninja and all these different martial artists like you think about in kind of our modern era martial arts are important like to have that magic enhanced martial artist kind of like a monk class might be in D D. like yeah to have a gun and a katana sounds like and and you're fighting like corporate equivalent of the gestapo while you're you know yeah running around with a gun and you're hackers and um wizards fighting side by side cybernetics like you can totally mod your body out <laughs> you know like that's part of the mechanics like just yeah they really kind of pulled the stopper out it's it's an interesting interesting system i really want to get into the details on it a little bit more but i'm totally hooked on 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 the flavor you know yes so cool did you either of you watch bright on netflix will smith movie no mm, no it's it's kind of like training day and it's like um, Salt on Precinct 13, that kind mm. of feel to mm. it. Um, but it's uh, set in a world where elves, fairies, orcs, trolls, they all exist. Uh, and uh, otherwise, it's our modern-day world. It's just the exact same. It takes place present day. But they, it's fun they talk about... 2000 years ago it wasn't you know the the death of christ set like set the clock and the date system it was the dark lord this like evil elf that tried to take over the world and the yeah. orcs sided with the dark lord and so the orcs are virtually the same as human but they're all second class citizens mm. because uh so there's this, all this like racism commentary in there because they were because they sided with the dark lord 2000 years ago they're not allowed to be equal in society uh it's it's not like citizen kane but i was entertained watching it <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's not gonna be nominated for any oscars <laughs> no but i do hope they make some kind of sequel even if like none of the characters come back i think it was worth watching the the main MacGuffin is the a magic wand is like a super rare artifact. And like, mm. if you have a magic wand, it's like a world changing thing. Like you can make a wish and whatever you want happens, but there's only like a couple of people, like it's one in a million people can actually wield it. So it's just like, is really this dangerous the same thing. movie? The same right? movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just, That's I MacGuffin. want to see these like Netflix, um, like you know, their studio heads, yeah. Whatever, you know, like these, like brainstorming. They're just like, all right, I've got this uh, lazy Susan. I'm gonna spin it, and when it stops, you're gonna put your hand in the basket. You're gonna pull out a card, and you're gonna read it. And everybody's gonna do this, and then we're all gonna come up. <laughs> it's know, like it's like movie by Mad Libs. culture things in there, and then you know, and to have it like, it's got Will Smith and orcs. But it's and basically Harry training day. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it's yeah. it's this weird yeah like just like you're saying it's this really strange mashup of stuff um we're a mad lib it could be yeah just mad, you know? <laughs> it's, it totally is it's just a mad lib and they've turned and made it made a movie out of it somebody rolled on a d100 table and was like okay now go pitch this plot to netflix <laughs> <laughs> and they bought it and they made it and they put will smith starring in it hey yeah. whatever but it's so, like I, I think i'm gonna go watch it now it's <laughs> it's found its audience it's it's yeah, I, I I would love your feedback. Anybody who's watching this, I'd love to hear what you think, watching or listening. If you, what do you think of Bright? What do you think of that movie? Let me know. <laughs> I want to know. Because I think I I dug it more than I didn't. But back to the beginning of the show, there's I was felt almost – I never felt pandered to. I almost did. There's just enough of the, the tropes, but they did it in a way like, yeah, what if the D&D world – this is the D&D world 2000 years later into mm-hmm. like what our, what our modern era is with the, the exact same weapons. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I'd love to hear you guys feedback on it. Yeah. Right. It watch this homework for next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a debate on the merits of bright. <laughs> yeah, please. Cause um, yeah, I'd love your feedback. Um, there's probably better movies you could be spending your time watching, but it, it wasn't bad. Well, hey, I watched in quarantine. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Considering <laughs> the movies I've watched in the last week, I mean, it really can't be that much worse. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Briggs Marathon has some some serious contenders in there for. <laughs> he does pick them. <laughs> yeah, like uh, <laughs> the movie Brain Damage. Like, <laughs> oh, Brain Damage! <laughs> can't believe I actually sat through that one. <laughs> I do like. I'm a big fan of B movies, like we were talking about earlier. If you guys yeah. don't have the shutter app if you don't signed up haven't signed up for the shutter subscription service and you're a fan of horror you're doing yourself a disservice because they've got an amazing collection of (laughs) really amazing horror um but man i'd never seen that movie brain damage before and holy cow that was just strange it was so strange (laughs) i mean yeah when you you literally have like a a, a penis-shaped alien monster that shoots narcotics into your brain that like does a song and dance routine in the middle of it. <laughs> in the middle of it for no reason at all. I'm not even talking about the graphic parts here, but no, like, yep. that's that's just the funny parts. Like that's the, that's the, the total. Are a whole different thing. <laughs> you nailed it. That was the entire pre- premise: Pe- <laughs> penis-shaped alien that shoots narcotics into your brain and and sings and dances. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Damn. they are conscious of the allegory there. I'm sure. You know, <laughs> <laughs> somehow that found its way to the B movie rack, and Bright found its way to the top shelf. Uh, <laughs> not cast Will Smith. I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> that, uh, they only cast Will Smith. Damn. Would have been a hit. Yeah, would have been a hit. What were yeah. we talking about? <laughs> shadow Run, like I was saying. Shadow Run, <laughs> like that's saying. what it is. Shadow Back run. to Shadow Run. Yep. Um, but I think I was listening to you talk about the mechanics for uh, the Warhammer RPG. The, yeah. the, the I think the mechanics are pretty close. It's all a D6 system. Hmm. Uh, shadow, shadow Run is? Really? Yeah. 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 So like, you build a dice pool, and then you hit on a five or a six. And if your stat is a four then you get four D six to roll and fives and you count up your fives and sixes. How many you get to those, those are hits. And if your hits beats the target, whatever the GM sets for the target based on difficulty, then you succeed. 
And that's kind of the basic thing. So if you have a intelligence of five, you're going to roll five D six and then count the number of times you got a five or a six out of those. Um, And that'll kind of determine whether you get thumbs up or thumbs down from the GM. Yeah. That sounds just like Soulbound. I'm sure there's subtle differences, but yeah, that part's about the same. But what I really like is there's also a mechanic in there um, where the more injured you get, the harder it is to accomplish things. Like, you know, so you you get wounded. Yeah. You get down to wounded. Then all of a sudden, like your dice pool starts to drop, you know, Mm. thresholds and things like that, which I think that's pretty interesting. It never made sense to me that like, you know, somebody with one hit point is fighting as well as somebody with 500 hit points. Right. <laughs> you would you would probably have some degradation of skills there, right? <laughs> Age yeah. of Sigmar has that in the regular game. Like, particularly with the big monsters, as they get wounded, right. they, get, they definitely get weaker. Um, I don't know if that's a mechanic in Soulbound or not for Age of Sigmar Soulbound, but it, it is a great idea to have. F- super frustrating idea to have, like realizing <laughs> like I'm losing this fight and like now I'm like I'm limping, I can't run. Right. Yeah. Well, I came to this thing yesterday with, and I hadn't really realized it until Jamie was like, like no, 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 I still have like one strain left. Like I, I can still fight back. And I was like, huh. I guess you're right. You're not injured so much that you can't fight back. But if you do go to zero, you're going to roll on the critical injury table. And is it worth it to fight back and potentially damage yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and like in that that's the kind of thing in real life too. It's like, "Oh, I'm I'm feeling like crap, but I can push myself. But if I mess up, I might you know, like regret it later or something like that, right? Yeah, true. Do I, do I try to run with a broken leg or do I like stand my ground like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in the closet <laughs> Halloween and stab my yeah. guy with a coat hanger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I hadn't really feel realized it until I was like talking about it out loud and I'm, like cinematically, like, no, you should stay down, stay down. But it was like, oh, but you're right, you could. But if you do, you know, no, there's potential that, you know, it your eyes could bad. start bleeding, right? Right. You could go <laughs> <Yeah>. blind. <laughs> That's fun. I like the idea of, like, yeah, getting weakened over time. I think I might have talked about this before. Did you guys like Ready Player One? I like the book. Like the book. Uh, did you see the book or read the book or see the movie, Nicholas? I saw the movie. You saw mm-hmm. the movie. It was It was entertaining. I wasn't like... Oh my god! <laughs> <You know? laughs> it didn't give you the deep feels. Uh, it, not the deep, deep feels. No, it kind of felt like. Uh, uh, well, yeah, no. I, I, I would say like Wreck It Ralph probably gave me a little bit more deeper feels mm. than. But I, I would kind of see them both similarly, similarly. They had this thing so, in the book where you had your your character that could go from high tech worlds. Mm-hmm. to then like low tech magic heavy worlds and there were some worlds where you could have both and okay. as, as you're exploring this like physical like everything was all in the one universe in the book so you, you go to these different planets and that i really liked that idea i was really into the book when it came out and i thought it'd be fun to write some kind of campaign where mm. uh, where you jump from one system to the other 
and actually jump from one gaming system to the other. Oh, interesting. As you're going yeah. through the campaign. And so it's, it's one character the entire time, but you go to this other planet and like the game mechanics are completely changed. Like you might have loaded out your Star Wars self with all kinds of blasters and weapons and uh, rifle skills. Yeah. But then when you go over to the Age of Sigmar universe, none of it's worth anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or once yeah. you shoot it three or four times and you empty the cartridge, there's no, you know? There's no like, refill. There's nowhere to there's no refills. More. Yeah. Can I tell you all that was, that was like an idea that I played with for a long time and I eventually abandoned for Curse of Strahd. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a couple different ideas or sketches where uh, you, you some, there, somehow you end up and you find out at the end that um, the big bad behind the curtain is, it really is Sigmar, right? Or <laughs> you know, some, some version of that. I didn't dig enough into the mythology to figure out who it might be. You know what I mean? But like when but we like, got to the end of Curse of Strahd, it wouldn't have been Strahd there. It would have been some other kind of like behind the curtain. Like it's not even like all that well developed. You know what I mean? But that yeah. was like the idea for a big fun like ending twist. You know what I mean? Post credits type thing. Yes. Uh, I bailed on it after a little while because I, I really couldn't think of a good way to make it work. And I think it wouldn't have been interesting maybe for like half the people. And satisfying <laughs> so, too to be in that campaign for a year wanting to kill Strahd. And then we get to the end of Curse of Strahd and like, oh, there is no Strahd. He's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so problematic for a lot of reasons, but that same thought occurred to me. And it would be kind of cool if you could somehow, you know, make that work, right? <laughs> yeah. To have, have something like, a through line. The through line that I was thinking was that um, it's actually Ready Player One, where you're in these. There's there's another book I read called Kilobyte, came out in the mid '90s, but it was all about um, virtual reality gaming. And there was this like serial killer that was using virtual reality games. Like he w- he would trap you. You couldn't turn the game off. You were trapped in whatever your virtual reality suit was, and you couldn't get out of the suit. And mm. then um, there's this like feedback where you can actually like shock the person that's in their suit. And there was a serial killer that was figuring out how to like kill the people in their suit. So this one guy was having to jump from one game to another to try and just avoid getting killed. Because if he got killed in the game, he was going to get killed in real life. Mm. So I was thinking about taking the Ready Player One universe and having the same thing. Like for the campaign, you are a real person who has this character that they've made but if your character dies then you you as a person will die <laughs> well, well wait a second what <laughs> well that's that's the the premise of the game that we're all in these virtual reality suits and if if uh if someone dies then then they're dead but you're like mm. you gotta you gotta find all these things to get yourself out of it so you're going into these situations where you're trying to get the dragon's horde you know what i mean or mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to raid the klingon base this week on Orlando, our guest Elon Musk is talking about simulations within simulations. <laughs> right. This is already like, yeah, layers upon layer upon layer. <laughs> now, everybody, check under your seat. There is a bomb that yeah. will go off. If... Or it might be a Tesla. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> well, that was pretty far yeah. afield in my whole my my fantasy world. I know I'm teasing, but I, I, that idea is super fun. I don't know how to make it work. You know what I mean? But like, just the concept is super interesting, right? Yeah. Just this one, you know, player, quote unquote, right? And then there's all these different 
worlds you jump into, right? And maybe one minute where I also like the idea of like maybe we're whatever we you get into D and D and something happens where you end up as a general of a of an army, right? Yeah, you really can't simulate that with D and D mechanics. So then, like you shift into you know a Warhammer style battle, right? Yeah, mm. and then come back out of it, and then that informs the campaign somehow back in D and D, right? Yeah. Mm. Interesting things like that are fun to play around with. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I think that that's an idea that one of the things they talk about in the rule book for Age of Sigmar Soulbound, that Age of Sigmar is a war game and that Soulbound takes place within that wargaming universe. So there should be uh, recurring themes of troops are marshalling to go off to battle and like, you know, outcomes of battles influence what happens in your in your game as a game master they want you to keep bringing that up in the world that that there's all these wars going on constantly and that it should be something that players are worried about they're not going to just like march from one city to another and not worry about scouts finding them or being captured as spies or you know they have to be conscious of that anytime they are they're out in the actual world mm-hmm. and i uh, i was reading through some of the the warhammer fantasy rpg stuff because Got it on Humble Bundle. Yeah, so <laughs> reading through, and uh, that that's very present in those two. It's very much like designed around like maybe this giant battle just ended, and it's the aftermath of this battle. But it's like don't think for a second, fighting's over. Like there's still raiding parties, like large raiding parties, and it's like all of a sudden, like oh, the scout comes back and he's like they're on the they're coming. We can't stick around here anymore. Yeah. And it's like, all of a sudden your party is just informed. There's an army coming to take this town, you know? And it's like, what are you going to do? You, you, well, you got to leave or what are you going to fight this army? Like you said, like <laughs> yeah. mechanics aren't in here to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You got to leave and you got to hit the road. That's but a it's lot like, of fun. but what's going to happen on the road? You know what I mean? It's wartime. So the, maybe uh, there's a, there's a regular mechanic in in Asia Sigmar where if if a a unit takes losses, there's a chance that certain percentage of that unit might flee the battlefield. Mm. So I could see playing the role playing game and like, oh, those guys that those orcs that fled the battlefield, now they're coming towards you. Mm-hmm. You know, they've regrouped and they're yeah. they're they've you know now they've got some, their bloodlust is still going and but you're in their way. Or, yeah, or, or you are the ones that fleed. Right. Oh yeah, that's true too. The, yeah, the like, remnants of an army that was destroyed. Yeah, Very fun cool. stuff. No, no material at all. There's not going to be anything. Oh no, there's no, there's no <laughs> huge wealth of media that we can't pull from to make a make a fun, interesting game. For sure. Well, we were talking a little bit about. I don't know if Shadowrun is the right system yet, but I I have just a dis- I don't I really have an idea for it yet. But I want to run uh, some kind of RPG that's really really focused on like like espionage, Ooh, right? Yeah. All nuances of it, and like okay, there can be. I mean, there'll be combat in there, and there'll be all that kind of stuff, but like less of the focus on that and more just like all the skills around what it would take to like really penetrate and do damage to one of these big mega corporations, you know, or, um, or that kind of stuff, like really just focus in on that. Cause I think there's a whole, you know, like a game within a game right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause there's always like, you know, if you have the rogue in the party, 
right? Like they can do some stuff and that's interesting and get into some locks room and that's cool. But like, you know, we, what if you had like a whole subset of rogues, right? That like all these different specialties, you know, and everybody was trying to steal all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that, that sounds like fun to me. That um, sounds although, like a lot of fun. Yeah. Something cool like that. Might, maybe shadow runs the right place for it with the, more to follow on that. I think uh, I think we got a lot of fun games to be played in the future. Yep. And uh, we're so lucky to be alive in a time where you know we can play these games. We can just mm-hmm. sit in front of a computer and and have our cameras rolling, and we can play these games. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna miss this pandemic. <laughs> I'm miss it when it's over. <laughs> well, I, I think social distancing can be a life choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like some of those memes where they're like, you know, everybody's all of a sudden doing what, you know, like what an introvert is like, that that's me. I'm that, fine with this. Yeah, yeah this, this, is, total. This, is, this is perfect for me. Like, what's happening out there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, already, I'm already doing all that. Yeah. Like, like my thing is like, I'm, I'm bad at walking now, but I'm good at cooking, right? Like these are things <laughs> like, like, right? <laughs> yeah. When they say the uh, proportion of number of times you wash your hands per day versus the number of times you shower per week has totally flopped. (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah. I wash them a lot more and a lot more thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, My first step in that direction was I learned to do the, uh, the little mantra from Dune where it's, uh, you know, fear fear is the mind killer, but like you do it with the hand motions and they're like, you know, (laughs) Points, you're like okay thumbs and now back of knuckles you know what i mean <laughs> that side of knuckles. <laughs> so my nice. the house over here we redid the plumbing and i don't know if i mentioned this before but the the pipes now go through the ceiling and they go through the rafters and they're the way they ran them so they're right underneath the shingles of the roof they're touching the roof and so oh. this is florida and it, when it gets up to 90 degrees the water coming out of my faucet is 90 degrees. Ooh. That's warm. That's uh, yeah. like enough to scald. So mm-hmm. um, I do do that. That Like uh, how long can I hold my hands under this faucet? <laughs> trying to wash my hands. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death. <laughs> and only I will remain. Yep. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Well, this has been great talking to you guys. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I think yeah. that we put together a good show. You, uh, Nicholas, any final thoughts? It sounds like we need to get playing. Sounds like we need to start uh, rolling some D6. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, um, the big project always have more games than I can ever play. Like, it's one big project. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> More games than I could ever play, more minis than I could ever put on the table at the same time. <laughs> there, There is a certain inefficiency there that I'm totally happy with, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you guys know how we sign this thing off. Whoa! Also, I think it's like one, two, three, breath, wog. That's how <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This has been an episode of Orlando. I am Adam. You can reach me as Orlando77 on Twitter or just Orlando on Instagram. You can reach Mark on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of Orlando Mark. You can reach Nicholas on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of Orlando Nick. Please leave comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to support the show, 
go to the show notes and follow the link to Teespring and buy a t-shirt or to Ko-Fi and buy us a coffee or better yet, buy us a beer. And thank you very much for listening.